we're dealing today with the problem of evil. And that is the problem of bad things happening, that bad things happen in life, and how this affects our faith in God. Uh, let's face it, really bad things happen. Um, and I mean bad things, horrible things, things that are hard to even think about, let alone experience. Uh, there are times in life in the world where there's terrible abuse, parents who are terribly abusive to their children. There's a death of loved ones, uh, which is a trauma that you have to go through to even know what that's really like. Uh, there's children who have bone cancer, uh, who are slowly dying in the hospital, and their parents are praying and praying, and maybe some of them are getting healed, and maybe some of them are not. Um, there's tsunamis, there's natural disasters, there's earthquakes, there's famines, there's all sorts of other things that, you know, the world has a lot of things, a lot of bad stuff, and this leads you naturally to ask the question, if God is good, why is there so much bad stuff going on in the world? Uh, some people, they think that there is no God because of this question. Uh, they go, well, there is no God. God must not exist. They think it's impossible if there's a God to exist while evil things might be happening somewhere in the universe. If there's evil happening anywhere, it means God doesn't exist. Other people still believe that God still believes he exists. But because of this problem of evil, they rebel against God. They shake their fist. Uh, like, God, I'm mad at you. You've allowed this stuff to happen. Uh, and I judge that you're bad for letting this stuff happen to me. And they get mad at God. Uh, so you're going to encounter this problem. And it's either going to hit your own heart or because you'll struggle with hardship. And, and you're like, I don't understand. I want to know why. And, you know, get more and more angry as you ask that question. Or you will encounter it in the mouth of other people. Um, as you're sharing your face, you're witnessing, you're telling other people about Jesus. And they might ask you this question. Um, what do you think about the problem of evil? So today I just want to answer this question. Uh, and I think there's good answers to this question. And I want to be open and real and honest about this. You know, I'm not trying to spin anything or manipulate. Um, I want to be as clear as possible on the subject. So to start with, uh, let me say this. There's two sides of this issue that we have to deal with. The emotional, uh, the emotional problem and the intellectual problem. The emotional problem... And the intellectual problem. There's there's two different sides of the coin dealing with the problem of evil. Um, you know, at first when I said, if God's good, why do bad things happen? And you thought that's an intellectual problem. And then I started to describe some of the bad things. You started to feel your emotions come out a little, you know. And your heart goes out to this cancer who might have bone cancer. You know, some terrible thing that's going on with them. Uh, but let me explain to you the difference between emotional and intellectual issue. Let's suppose that here you are. You're at church. You're in a Bible study. And I look and... I zero in on your face and my face becomes angry and I'm mad and I look at you and you see my eyes uh, and you're like, he looks like he's mad at me. And I yell at you, stop it. And you're like, stop what? I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, and I yell at you and I'm like, stop. And I'm like, stop or I will kill you. And you're like, what? And then I pull out a gun and I point it at you and I yell, stop or I'll kill you. Now you're just like totally freaked out. And then I pull the trigger and then, boom, this bullet flies right past you uh, as I apparently miss. And you're traumatized. Your heart's pounding. Your blood is pumping. You're freaked out. And you're like, I knew it. I knew Ethan's crazy. <laughs> but but you're really freaked out until you look out. You look behind you and you see there's a guy coming behind you with an axe ready to bury it in, into you and, and kill you with this axe. And you realize that whole time I was yelling at him, protecting you. Uh, now, intellectually, you've solved the riddle, Right. Uh, but the emotional trauma is not over yet, is it? You know, you're like, I still have this memory of, of him pointing that gun at me, and I thought I was gonna die. 
and you might not even want to talk to me, even though actually what I did was good for you, uh, saving your life. And you might just be like, you know, that <laughs> freaked me out and, and never talked to me. I saw it in his eyes. He had death in his eyes. Uh, it's an emotional problem. It's an intellectual problem. And sometimes our emotions don't line up with the truth of things. Uh, and that's the issue that we're dealing with today. So I want to ask your permission. Um, I want to go from the feeling level, the emotional level where most of us hang out. And I want to go to the intellectual, the thinking level. Let, let, let's go ahead and set, a, set aside our feelings about the problem of evil. And let's talk intellectually about this. And then we'll come back to the emotions because those are very important too. But let's straighten out the intellect right now. Uh, so, um, let, let, let's talk about what's true here. Okay. About this evil. Um, first, off dealing with the intellectual side, we realize that the, the problem of evil is actually two different issues, two different problems. And one of them is the problem of moral evil, and the other one is the problem of suffering and pain. Uh, suffering and pain and, and moral evil are two different issues that are going on. Moral evil is like that person abusing someone else. That's morally wrong. Murder, theft, rape. This is all moral evil that's morally wrong. And that's a problem. That's one question to ask. And then there's a separate question, a separate question uh, about the suffering and, and, and the problem of pain. Uh, so there's an issue that I've had uh, while chewing food the past couple of weeks. And while I chew, I chew really hard. Every once in a while, like my 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 gum gets stuck between my 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 teeth. Uh, and I chew really hard, and I'm eating, and I mash on 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 my inner gums. And it hurts, and sometimes there's a little blood, you know, that comes out. But then after this, it's like my gums start to swell after biting it, uh, and you bite it again and again when you when you keep eating. Uh, you know, I did it yesterday. I did it a couple of days before that, and it's been going on because I, I guess I can't. I'm an idiot. I guess I just you know can't retrain myself to not chew in my on my gum, but. This is not a problem of moral evil. Uh, what's that a problem of? It's a problem of pain, physical pain. It's a problem that we don't like. Uh, and the physical problem of, of pain, they, they connect to disease and cancer and natural disasters. You know, these aren't moral evil. This is a suffering problem, a, a, a pain problem. Uh, suffering or pain is unpleasant and it can even be terrible pain, but it doesn't make it immoral. Um, it, it, it doesn't make it immoral. So let's talk about the moral problem of evil. We see the two problems, moral evil and pain. Two different issues completely. Um, moral evil is real. There is real moral evil out there in the world. This is legitimate. And some people deny this. Uh, there's certain Eastern religions or atheists that deny that moral evil doesn't exist. And they deny that it even happens. But it actually does happen. Uh, believe it or not, as a Christian... This should strengthen your faith in God. Um, what do I mean by that? I mean that because of moral evil, if it didn't happen, it would be because there's no God. See, if there is no God, there's no moral evil. There's no real reason how you can say to someone, you can do this or you can't do that. You ought to do this or you ought to not do this. It's morally right or morally wrong. So if, morally, if moral evil really exists in the world, this is actually evidence for God, not evidence against God. And emotionally, it might be evidence against God, but not intellectually, uh, not in reality. Uh, and if you're an atheist, you have to believe that there isn't any moral uh, 
evil in the world. So you can't come to God and complain like, God, why is there moral evil? Because you don't believe in God or moral evil if you're consistent with your worldview. Uh, you, you can't be like, this is wrong. Rape is wrong. Uh, or like when you see a great white shark on the Nature Channel and it gets together with a female shark, uh, you know, it forces itself upon her. But, you know, like we don't call that rape because it's, because it's, it's, you know, it's forced. We don't call it that. There's no moral quality that, you know, these are just sharks, right? Both people... There's a moral element with what we're doing because there's a God who tells us how he wants us to live. So moral evil is really evidence for God. If there was no God, there would be no moral evil. Uh, but here's a question that we have to struggle with, right? Is there purpose behind God allowing moral evil to happen? Is there a reason? Uh, and, I'm, and, I, and I have four reasons why I think God legitimately allows moral evil to happen in this world. Uh, and the first biggest reason, I think, is, 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 is free, free will. Um, free will is a good thing. Uh, you know, it's my ability to choose what I'm going to do next. You know, I can, I can choose, you know, keep talking and doing this podcast or grab my keys and go to Taco Bell and get some food, but I'm going to choose to do this. Uh, I'm going to choose to keep going, but it's, 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 it's a decision. Like I don't have to be doing this. You don't have to be listening to this. Uh, you know, uh, we, we, we have free will. You know, this is free will that we have to choose to do what we want. Um, now, free will is a good thing. It's, it's, it's a good thing. I think that we can agree with this. I like being able to choose things in my life. But there's a problem with free will, and it's that free will allows evil. We can't really allow f- true free will without also letting people do wrong things. Um, so evil comes as a consequence of God letting us make decisions, letting us have free will. Um, Free will is good. Robots don't compare to people. Um, you know, imagine if your best friend uh, and they're a robot. And I know that you know there's some people on Earth whose best friend really is like truly a robot. And you know that's 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 pretty sad, uh, honestly. But you know, I mean, that's not how it's supposed to be. But you know, people are different than robots. And this actually answers the question of who made evil, because you know maybe that's on your mind too. Who made evil? Who created? Who created evil? But evil wasn't created then. Uh, if, if, if evil is just merely me being allowed me to decide to do things that aren't right, then God didn't have to make evil. He simply had to give us free will and we actually made the evil. Uh, when I chose, when, when Cain chose to kill Abel, he created that evil situation, the first murder. Uh, so the first reason there's purpose behind free will or, or sorry, the purpose behind evil is because God allows us to have free will. And the second one is connected to free will. Uh, but it's different than free will. It's a concept of love. Uh, love is, you know, arguably the greatest good that there is on earth. Love, you know, people loving each other, people loving God, God loving people. You know, imagine if you could take the earth and remove love, you know, all love gone. It's like, what's the point? What's the point? You know, love is a great, great good, you know, but just imagine if, if like I could design for you, your, your perfect boyfriend and girlfriend, uh, and, and they then, they would love you guaranteed. And in fact, like it's, it's, it's programmed into their DNA to love you and they have no choice. No matter what you do, they like it. No matter how bad your joke is, they laugh at it. Uh, this is the perfect person for you physically and character wise and all this good stuff, you know, etc. But they, but they have no free will. They never choose to love you. It's just automatically programmed in. You're like, do you like that? You know, no, it's like, you're like, what's the point? What's the point? You know, if you don't get to choose to care about me, then how are you really caring about me? You know, uh, so 
love needs free will. And to say that I want to get rid of free will, then you also have to get rid of love so you can get rid of evil. And itself is really kind of sad uh, and it's unfortunate. But it's a good reason to allow more evil is to greet the opportunity for good. Um, the third reason is the purpose behind God allowing evil. And this will make sense to someone who loves God. And this might be confusing to, to someone who doesn't love God or doesn't know God. But it's for God's glory. God's glory. God judges moral evils. And this is a really, really good thing. We want him to judge. We feel it in our gut that sin and moral evil is asking for judgment. Like, you know, God said to Cain about murdering his brother Abel. He goes, his blood cries out to me. Uh, it, it, it cries out for judgment, cries out for justice. And just like in a movie, the bad guy sort of lets the good guy show his colors, right? You know, imagine watching the movie you've seen and, and you just take the bad guy of the equation, uh, you know, and maybe there wouldn't be a movie then, you know, <laughs> if, if there's no bad in the you know, the bad guy allows the good guy to show his colors. There's an element of God doing this uh, in evil. God can bring good through evil, you know, through judging, you know, by God showing his glory and his goodness by saving the day. Uh, you know, and that's one reason. Uh, the fourth reason, I think, you know, is the purpose behind God allowing evil. And I think you will appreciate this personally. Let's suppose for a second that God were to stop all evil. And God just said, no more evil, boom, and, he, and, and it stopped. God, like, how does he do this? It, it's pretty easy. He just looks around the universe, and he looks at every possible source of evil, and he eradicates it. He destroys it. He annihilates it. Would you enjoy that universe after all the sources of evil were annihilated? Why wouldn't you enjoy it? Because you wouldn't be in it. You are a source of evil. I am a source of evil. We all are. We have all done evil things. We have all done wrong things. And if God were really to just drop the hammer and bring judge it right now and stop all sorts of evil, he'd have to stop all human beings. Uh, so it's, it's, it's God's grace upon us that allows us to continue existing and to continue going. And God has a limit to this, though. You know, he's not going to let it go on forever. And he doesn't let people get away with anything you want. You know, there's some limits that he places. We look at God judging cities and worlds in the past, like Noah, like the flood destroying the earth. You know, God's like limiting the wickedness of men, but he's allowing them to exist because he's giving them a time to repent and come to Christ. Uh, so stopping evil means stopping us. And that's the fourth reason out of care for us, because God lets us continue out of his care. You know, uh, I think in all honesty, it's not that hard to show that more evil can exist while God exists. You know, he gives us free will and he works good through the things that are going on. You know, his judgment, it's time for us to repent, to get to be, to be saved. All these different good things that are coming out of this, out of, out of moral evil. Um, moral evils are caused by free will agents, which are us, people. And, and we are responsible for our acts. God is not responsible for our actions. Uh, we have free will. Um, and God has a good reason to allow us and he does limit, to, limit it to some degree. Uh, personally, I'm satisfied with that intellectually in my brain. Uh, so the second question is this, what, and that's moral evil. What about suffering? What about pain? What about uh, uh, cancer and pain and tornadoes and people who fall off cliffs? Uh, you know, all these different things that are non-moral suffering. Uh, is, 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 is there purpose behind suffering? And I think there's several things where there's purpose behind suffering. And one of them is this. Uh, suffering leads to lessons that we learn uh character transformation personal change that happens because i go through pain it wakes me up it, it gets me asking deep questions 
Uh, and I remember hearing the story of Bethany Hamilton. Uh, she's a pro surfer who's attacked by a shark and she lost her arm. And yeah, she, 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 she had to have her arm, uh, amputated, I think. Uh, but she was there in, in, in the hospital after losing her arm, uh, where, where she starts asking deep, deep questions about God and about life and actually led her into doing a, a, a worldwide ministry, sharing God and, and Christ with other people. And, you know, that probably never would have happened had she had, hadn't lost her arm to that shark. Uh, and there are countless, countless examples of people whose lives blossomed as a result of pain, uh, as a result of difficulty and suffering. It allows us to respond nobly. Uh, there's lessons in character transformation and pain. Great men and women of the past, godly men, godly women have gone through suffering. You know, just about every single one of them. Paul, Paul talks about this. He's like, I've learned how to suffer in need and trust in Christ. And how did you learn it? By suffering in need, you know, and reaching deep down and, and, and trusting the Lord. Uh, we can probably see this in our own life. Uh, probably, you know, if, if, if you really think about this. Can you think of pain that you've gone through that taught you something? Uh, I think personally, I've learned more through suffering than I have when times are good. Uh, you know, I, I, I can learn more through five or ten minutes of pain than I can a, a week or a month of feeling great. Because we just don't really dig very deep when things go very fantastic. And, you know, that seems to be like our nature, you know. Just imagine a world without pain. There's There's no pain in this world. So it's like you stub your toe. It doesn't hurt which I know a lot of y'all have done, you, 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 you jump off a, a building, you break your leg, it doesn't hurt, you know, what kind of people w- would we become if that happened, you know, dead possibly, you know, if we couldn't feel pain, leprosy is an example of what happens when you stop receiving pain signals from your body and you start losing body parts, uh, but there's more than that, we'd also become selfish and, and immature and shallow, proud, not dependent on the goodness of God. It's, it's, it's actually our frailty and our weakness as is calling out to God. It's like when you're young, you tend to think you're the king of the world. And after a while, you start to think that, you know, you're just a, a, a joker. You know, we are not so fantastic or amazing. You know, we spend all this time as, as young people judging others for how they never measure up without looking to ourselves and seeing the plank in our own eyes, you know. Pain and difficulties humble us. They teach us deep lessons. And the lessons, uh, think about it, the, the pain is temporary, temporary, but the lessons you learn from them are permanent. Uh, the character is permanent. You know, The pain is temporary. The, the um, permanent character growth is, 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 is far worth it for a little bit of pain. Uh, the second reason I think God would allow pain... Uh, and sufferings through correction. Hebrews 12 talks about this. Uh, let me read it. It says, Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, after it yields the p- the peace of fruit to righteousness to those who have been trained by it. That God will some sometimes allow our lives to become uncomfortable uh, and, and really painful to teach us lessons. Uh, and this is a sense of correction. Uh, when when God sees us going astray uh, to cause us to wake up. You know, it, it's, it's like a, a spank on the butt from, from the Lord. Not your, not your parents. A third reason I think God allows pain is for punishment. God really does allow these things for a sense of punishment. And this does happen. We read about Egypt and we see the 10 plagues. And, you know, these weren't just coincidences. You know, they looked like a natural type disaster. They were miraculous, but it would appear as a, as nature rising up. Uh, but it was actually God punishing them, punishing them for their rebellion against God. Uh, and there's punishments that also come, you know, sin does cry out for judgment. Uh, 
hell itself involves suffering. It involves a sense of pain, but it's just, it's, it's, it's good. It's right. This is a right thing and a good thing. And to not bring pain onto those who fully deserve it when you're the righteous judge of the earth and the universe would be wrong to withhold that pain. Uh, and, 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 and there's also the book of Job, and we learn a lot of interesting things from it. Job, his children are killed, uh, his, his livestock are killed, his crops are destroyed. Uh, he's afflicted with physical pain and suffering. Uh, and it's all because of issues that are going on between God and the angels and Satan. And, and Job is never in the book. He's never told why all these things happen. He asks why throughout the book. He's like, why, 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 God? I need to know why. I got to know why. You know, people who go through pain, they have, you know, they think they have to know the why. God never tells him why, but he actually comes and starts asking him these questions. He's like, Job, were you there when I created the world? You know, Job would say, no, were you there when I fashioned the animals? Were you there when I put the stars in the sky? Were you there? Do you know, you know, and Job responds finally. He's like, oh, I'm such a fool. I spoke words without knowledge. I wanted to know why, but... Who was I to think that God had to explain himself to me, right? And, and that's the danger of asking question of, of like, why evil, God? Like, like sometimes ask, like thinking like, God has answered us, but he may have heavenly reasons for this. There may be reasons that have nothing to do with human beings on earth. And it may have to do with some angelic things going on. Uh, and there, may, they, there may be reasons, you know, for, for, these, for these things to happen, um, Similar to this, number five, a reason why I think God allows pain and suffering is this thing called the butterfly effect. And I think you've heard of this before. Um, the idea is that maybe somewhere out, you know, in, in the middle of the desert and there's a butterfly who flaps his wings or something. And slowly it builds up, this wind creates this and it creates that. And all of a sudden there's a hurricane a year later, you know. And, you know, it, it, it could happen. But think about this. You don't know how the events that are going on in your life are affecting somewhere else in the world, somebody else's life, uh, or, or, or maybe a hundred years from now. You wouldn't even exist. You wouldn't even exist if it wasn't for the fact that your mom and your dad's genetic information just happened to mix in that specific way at the exact time. Um, it, 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 it just had to happen that particular way or you would not even exist. Life is full of so many moving parts uh, that, you know, we honestly don't know what impact this pain or the suffering is going to have in some other way. Uh, it, it might be hundreds of years from now before you find out, if you, if, you, if you did, why such and such has happened. But the world and life is a lot bigger than you and me, and this butterfly effect is basically saying, God, I know that there's a lot of things in motion in this world, and this pain and suffering could be causing all sorts of different things to happen that I do not know about, right? And number six, the sixth reason why I think we see pain and suffering in the world is because we are in a fallen world, right? Pain says to you, this isn't right. When I bite my lip, when I bite my gum, it shoots pain through my head. It says to you, something is wrong, something is wrong. And when we see the world around us with a lot of suffering and a lot of evil and a lot of pain, we say something is wrong, and that's a good thing for, for us to actually recognize. Uh, it's a fallen world. Uh, and I don't think any of these are just like, you know, one-size-fits-all situation, but I think they give us true reason to have hope uh, because you can look and go like, 
I may not know this, but I think this one may apply to this situation, or maybe that one applies to this, or, you know, it, it gives you some sorts of uh, intellectual anchor to grab onto, and you're like, I can see this, I can see this. And in my own life, um, I remember being very bothered by a sort of lack of attention and care in, in some years that I feel like I felt at home and the felt, and, and the fact that I felt like, you know, my dad didn't really care about me sometimes and, you know, things, you know, like that. Uh, some other things that were going on in my home. But it's interesting because this is actually like in hindsight, you know, looking back on this, you know, my childhood, I look at my life a little differently. And I was like, that was what caused me to be so desperate for God. Like I was asking about questions about God. Otherwise, I'd be like just like every other kid that I knew. Because I was going through hardship, I was so discontent with life because things were bad, and I decided to ask deeper questions like, "God, I need you, I need help," and it actually led me to my faith in Christ and all those bad, hard moments. And I actually look back at look back at it now, and I'm glad that the things happened the way they did. I'm so grateful because I'm afraid that if those things happened differently, I might have not come to Christ. Uh, and I'm grateful that God worked in those situations. Now, does it make those situations good? that these hard things happen in my life. No, it doesn't make it good. It just means that God's good. Uh, and it means that he works good into situations. And we ought to be very thankful for that.